is a WKXL Spotlight. A new show, new to the WKXL airwaves here, WKXL Spotlight, where we will shine the light on New Hampshire area businesses, organizations, individuals, people that are doing great things in the state of New Hampshire. And today, I am delighted to spotlight a business that I know a little something about, the city. Do you know much about the city? Well, you're going to learn about it, and you're going to learn about it from me and an individual that we have here on the show today, Mike Buett. Welcome to the WKXL Airwaves. Thanks, Max. Happy to be here. Yes, this is going to be an informative show for people that are fans of craft brewing. This is not a topic that we touch on a lot here at WKXL, but I know there's a ton of interest in all different kinds of craft brewing. What I will tell you, Mike, is I don't know a ton of it, so I'm looking forward to hearing the answers that you're able to provide as part of our discussion here over the next hour. So I want to talk to people a little bit about the city and about uh, you know, the history of the city? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've been back uh, working for the city for about almost 10 years now. I worked for uh, Richard Gazio. He's the owner. I worked for him back when I was a kid. Now I've been back for a while. Um, it's a uh, the city. It's a tobacco and beverage center uh, chain across southern southern New Hampshire, mostly in the seacoast. We've got stores in Seabrook, Portsmouth, Plastow, Rochester. Um, we got one in Stanford, Maine. Uh, it's a fourth generation business. Rich's grandfather started. He was a produce shop back in the day. Um, Rich's dad took over, started in Rochester and grown to what it is today. We're really focused, uh, as times changed, it became a, a focus on beer, wine, tobacco products. And, uh, and now Rich's kids are involved. So we're really on a, a fourth-generation New Hampshire business. It's really, uh, it's really cool. I really want to talk about the evolution of how things have grown because especially over the last five to ten years, there has been tremendous growth within the city. For folks that don't know in the eastern part of New Hampshire, where Route 95 runs from Massachusetts right up through Portsmouth up into Maine, right off of Route uh, 1, here off of the 95 exit in Seabrook, in Route 1, there is a gigantic red building that was was brought to life, Mike, within, I don't know how long ago it was, but now everybody knows that huge red building. That is the city. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, that location in particular has really become like a destination uh, craft beer store. You know, we carry every beer available in the state. We have a, a award-winning wine selection. Um, we're, the, we're the number one wi- independent wine seller in the state. Um, but as for, as for like craft beer, you know, we, we've, we've, we've seen a, a huge explosion, like you said, in the last five to ten years. And we've gone through many renovations. You know, that location opened in the late 90s with Rich's father, John. And uh, when Rich took it over in 2005, um, we expanded then. He's he's expanded a few times over the years, most recently in uh, 2017. Now we're we're almost 14,000 square feet. So I wonder wonder if people hear 14,000 square feet, what that brings to them. Like, are they able to grasp the size of this location? Like 14,000 square feet sounds like a big number. All I can tell you is when you go inside the city location in Seabrook and you look around, there is beer everywhere. It is stocked 
a mile high, a mile wide, all and there's different colors, different logos. We're going to get into some of those different colors, logos, what they all mean because they're all coming from different manufacturers. We're going to break that down as the episode goes along. You had mentioned Rich's name a couple times, Mike, too. I want to talk about some of the great things that the city and Rich has done for customers and for other people over previous uh, years. And uh, so we're going to lay out a nice format for people to be able to learn about the business, what drives the business, and why we're a little bit different. What would you say sets the city apart, maybe from from other places where people might go to shop to pick up their, say, wine, cigars, uh, beer, etc.? Yeah, you know... um I think that we've really worked hard to build a build a brand. You know, our our stores are are bright and clean, well organized. Like you said, you walk in the walk in the store, you just you just see everything. You know, we have you look to the you walk in if, if you take the city the Seabrook location for example, you walk in, you look to the right, it's just beer as far as the eye can see. And and one of my favorite things we do with the beer department is we've organized the craft coolers by state. So mm. you know. Um, the beer, the beer world is, is so, it has such a local focus right now. And, and we're, we're kind of spoiled. I think New England is one of the, one of the best, um, best craft beer scenes in the country. And, you know, when you, when you walk in the first, uh, I think six, seven doors are all, you know, New Hampshire breweries, you know, we focus on, um, you know, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Maine, Vermont, I think probably, 70% of that craft beer cooler are made up of the New England states. Interesting. Where does the other 30% come from? I'm just curious across the nation where the best craft beers are being made. You seem to think it's in New Hampshire, but where else are you guys selling beers from? Yeah, you know, not just New Hampshire, but all New England, you know, Vermont, Maine are, are, are really highlights as well. But the other scenes like Colorado is huge. We've, we've, got, a, we've got a bunch of breweries from Colorado, California, um, the Asheville, North Carolina craft scene is really big. We're starting to see some more, more breweries out of the Carolinas. Um, so I'd say, as you know, there, those are a couple of hot spots and we see, we, we've got a lot of, um, you know, just outside New England, there's, there's a great scene out of New York. We've seen a lot of great New York craft beers too. So are you largely responsible at the city for choosing kind of which new beer vendors or new new beer types will come in that you'll put on the shelves? Because I'd imagine all businesses want to like get into the city locations, not just in Seabrook and all of them, to be able to sell their product in your store. So are you kind of the uh, the gatekeeper who allows businesses <laughs> to come in or, or kicks other ones out? <laughs> I mean, I, I, to a certain extent, you know, especially where we have the space, like the big Seabrook location or the big, the big uh, craft cooler we have in Rochester, we try and carry everything that's available in the state. So the way New Hampshire works is if you're from, if you're in the state, you're allowed to self-distribute. So if you, you open a brewery uh, over there, over in Concord, and you wanted to come to the city, you could, you could do it. You could come to us and, and deliver your beer. But if you're from out of state, you have to sign on with one of the, one of the distributors. So you'd have to sign on with, I think we work with, you know, five or maybe five or six distributors now. And, um, that's the, you know, that's the first step is, is to the distributors. But with, uh, with us, we do, we do want to carry almost everything. So, so I guess I'm, I would have some say in it, but we, we, you know, if you want to bring it to New Hampshire, we want it in the city. And I have, what sounds like I, as a customer might have as much say as you would, if I found you in a store and said, Hey, I've tried X, Y, Z type of, of beer and I, I can't seem to find it. You guys don't have it here. Would you be able to get that in 
for me. Is that possible? Yeah, yeah, there's a good chance. You know, we, we've definitely, in the past, we've had some influence, you know, if um, if we, we get, you know, we hear about, I know, uh, for example, there was My- Mighty Squirrel down in, in, in Waltham, Massachusetts. They were being on the on the Massachusetts border at the, in the Seabrook store. We used to hear that all the time. Like, can you get Mighty Squirrel? Can you get Mighty Squirrel? And, you know, we... we um, bother, you know, we, we, anytime any of the distributors would be like, who should we, who should we, um, target? Who should we go after? We would always bring that brewery up. And then this year, finally, they, they've come into New Hampshire, which is great. So now you can get their, their, their famous cloud candy, New England IPA is now available at the city. Sounds tasty. I would tell you uh, whether we do it now or in the future, in a short amount of time, are you able to describe something like you said, cloud candy? Like what goes into the process of making a beer that I would imagine in some way, shape or form tastes a little bit like candy? Are you able to break down that process? Have you been through that enough to know? Yeah, sure. Uh, that's a, it's, a, it's a New England IPA, which right in the name, that's going to be very popular up here. Our, our version of an IPA up here in New England is we like the, um, the big citrus forward, juicy, hazy IPAs. You know, on the West Coast, they're very filtered, clear IPAs. Out here, we like the hazy, juicy stuff. And a lot of, a lot of um, the, the, the description of that, that style, people say it has a very soft or fluffy mouthfeel. And so I think that's where the cloud part comes in. And then like the candy, you've got the sweet citrus forward hops in there. That's the stuff I love where you start to talk about the descriptions because people that don't follow the craft beer scene, and I'll tell you, I'm not a a huge knowledgeable individual. I I will have one or two on occasion, and I do like the taste, but I don't take it the next level and be like, hey, what's the difference between this one and that one? But it's funny, the people that love this stuff, they taste it. Oh, you know, they got their scientific comments, and it just sounds cool, like like it's our, our art coming to life for them. Yeah, they're they're into it. And, you know, everybody, you know, even further broken down, everybody's got their favorite hops. You know, there's some people that really like a mosaic hop that, you know, you're going to get that like grapefruity notes. You're going to you know, like a citra hop. You're going to get your pineapple notes, things like things like that. We're um, going to dig more into all of that process, if it's all right, coming up right after a quick commercial break. I want to talk about some individual maybe breweries and stuff like that that you do work with, Mike. Everybody out there, you're listening to WKXL. This is a special Spotlight edition on the city. You're listening on 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, or you listen online, nhtalkradio.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to this WKXL Spotlight Edition. We are talking with Mike Buett from The City, a business that some people here in the Manchester and Concord areas, if you listen out here, you might not know too much about these folks and what's happening in the eastern part of New Hampshire, but they're doing some great things. We don't often talk about talk about craft beer here on WKXL, but we are today. Why? Because people love to listen to it and talk about it. Mike, you had mentioned to me a little bit here earlier while we were off the air how much work and how much the city loves the New Hampshire breweries in particular. Can you please go into some detail on that and the work you're doing with the local breweries? 
Yeah, for sure. And like you said, that's 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 our that's our favorite our our favorite thing to the thing to do is push New Hampshire New Hampshire brands. And our stores do have a heavy local focus. Thinking about the Seabrook store, you mentioned before we're exit one, right off of ninety five. So we get a lot of tourists. People come in and they say and they come in and they ask us what's local? What what are people around here drinking? What can I get at home? So we like to bring in a lot of the self-distributed breweries. And I mentioned before, like, you know, if you have a brewery in New Hampshire and you want to get your beer into the city, you can, you know, you just, you can come by, deliver your beer. So we love to deal with breweries like Spyglass and Tailspinner from Nashua, maybe a couple brands that not a lot of, not a lot of stores have that. Spyglass is, is unbelievable stuff. Tailspinner, new, new to us, unbelievable stuff. Uh, we recently got just, brought Reckless in, a brewery from Bethlehem. Pretty cool. Um, new, new town to us. Kettlehead from Tilton Branch and Blade. Last Chair. Like a lot, of, a lot of great new breweries. Yeah, you're talking about locations. Nashua, Bethlehem, Tilton, Keene, Plymouth. Like this, this state, these are just people that said, hey, I want to make my own beer. And they're going through, like, this takes time and money to make your own beer, right? This isn't just, a, hey, I'm going to roll out of bed tomorrow and start selling beer places. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So what uh, what I'm curious about next is uh, you had mentioned earlier to me that the city actually makes its own brand of beer or has a bunch of times in the past. Right. How, what's that process like? Yeah, we we have a we have a great relationship with, with all of our breweries, but we have a I think a special relationship with 603 over in Londonderry. Um, great brewery. They opened up a, this huge new space. Uh, this beautiful, like, um, beer hall style open brewery brew an absolute ton of beer. And they, they, um, have, have brewed a few batches for us. Um, I would, I think it was probably six years ago. Now we reached out to them. I, I had been asking rich for a couple of years before then, let's get a beer. Let's get a beer. I want to collaborate yeah. with one yeah. of these breweries, bring something in that I want to have a, a can that says the city, <laughs> something that you can only get at our store, you know, like make something really special. And we, you know, our first thought was to reach out to 603. Um, we had a, we love their, their, they had a rep back at the time, this guy PJ. And I was like, PJ, can we, can we, is this something we can do? And he's like, I think so. Why don't you guys come down? We'll have some beers. We'll kick it around and see if we can get a beer going. So Rich and uh, our GM Dennis and and Brian, uh, your your fellow prize guy Brian. Yeah, we're gonna have to tell people. Store. We have to tell people about the prize guys. We'll do we'll do Absolutely. that a little bit later. Some of the great stuff we're doing out there and having fun with people. Yeah. So we all went out, tried some beer. We're we're and we love that juicy hazy one IPA. So we said that's what we want to do. We want to do a nice double IPA. We want to get something over. Well, you know, it was, I think we landed on, a, on an 8.3% beer. So it's a pretty big beer, big, juicy IPA. Their, their brewers are great. They were not brewers. So we did not, uh, we didn't sit there and come up with a recipe. Like the brewers had us try some stuff. We said what we liked. They came up with this great recipe. And that's how the City Project was born. So was it like off of a menu almost where they're like, hey, we have these features or this blend or this flavor and you can choose some of this and some of that? I mean, how, how does the process go where the, the options are presented to you as to what's going in a beer that you would create essentially from scratch? Yeah, something like that. You know, they, they, they had us try uh, some, some beers that they made, some beers that other people made. You know, like, what do you guys like? What's your favorite beer in the city right now that, that we don't make? You know, so we had... We tried beers from from them, from other breweries, 
and kind of narrowed it down. We were like, you know, we really like that. What, how this one, how this one tastes. We like the color of this one. And they, they, they nailed it. They, they came up with this base double IPA recipe that we could kind of have fun with every batch down the road. We can, we can change those hops. Like I said before, everybody's got a favorite hop. So that maybe the first one had, I think the first one had citra and mosaic. And then after that, we, we tried like, let's do something like a little crazier. We'll do lemon drop. And I, at the time it was called Denali. I think now the hop, they've changed the name of the hop, but, um, and the beer was totally different. And then everybody, it's, it's, it's great because all of our customers have a favorite, you know, city project batch. Well, and I'm just wondering on this and like for day WKXL radio station, could we go to 603 in London and say, Hey, we'd like to create a WKXL beer and, have it made and you guys help us do it and you control all aspects of the entire process. That's what 603 would do. Um, you know what, they, if they could fit it into the brew schedule, I bet they would, you know, there's a lot of, and, and not just them, there's a lot of breweries who have come to it. It's been so successful that a lot of breweries have reached out. We'd love to do it. We'd love to do it, but we kind of established, you know, that we were, we were, we were in with 603. So that we did 10 batches. We've taken a bit of a hiatus this year. We, you know, you know how it is. We've got to get the demand, going again people want what they can't get so this year we took this year off and we're i'm hopeful that we can get back into it but i've had the city beers just so you know i've had the ones that you've created i think three or four of them i've tried out of those 10 previous batches and they were good i mean i would like i said i wouldn't know uh, that taste between any others but each time i was like oh hey i like this and then the cans always were cool because it said right on it the city. So you guys must have had a hand, obviously, in designing the uh, the can format too, and what with the artwork and stuff that was on it. Yeah, I had a ton of fun with that. Like I got to work with their graphic designers. That I, I think the first few batches they were outsourcing it to a design company out of in Rhode Island, and 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 you know, down over the years they got someone in house. But we always had we always had a lot of fun with that. We would we had some cans that were like you know, uh, a seasonal theme. If we were going to come out between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we did, did a nice fireplace Christmas theme can. Um, we did a beach can when we did a 4th of July. And then as we went on, we got into some pop culture stuff. I had, a, I think my, my favorite label we did was for batch eight. We made it look like the old magic eight ball packaging. Um, you know, when you'd flip the thing up and it would say, you know, outlook hazy. Yeah. So, uh, the, the nicest touch on that was at the on the bottom of the cans when they're going through the line they're they're putting the date on all the cans you know there's like a born on date and the I asked them I said is there any way we could get different replies at the bottom of the cans so these pe- the people drinking the can could flip it upside down and ask that magic eight ball a question and get an answer and they thought that was a great idea and we ended up with ten different replies you know we'd have a simple yes no outlook hazy ask again later all the classics. I thought that was a really, really cool can. I didn't know you did that. I'm going to tell you what, very cool idea. Yeah, that's excellent. Just some little different flavor, little different spin on drinking a craft beer. It's it's yeah. a little entertainment, and I think that makes companies stand out. And the city, to me, definitely stands out. I mean, we can talk about other things, too. It's not like you just are selling craft beer and, and beers over there. The the stuff that's that's really taken off, from what I see, is like the non-alcoholic stuff and the, gro- uh, the growth in like uh, this, what do they call it, like spirit-based canned cocktails. That's like the mixed drinks or something that are just uh, alcohol levels lower, right? What's the, Those are really selling like crazy now, aren't they? Yeah, oh, like crazy. You know, the those uh, those spirit-based canned cocktails, some people call them RTDs, like a ready-to-drink cocktail. Those have been huge. You know, we've seen people move 
uh, not move away from, but just in addition to, you know, all the old hard seltzers were a malt based. So they, they actually brew those like a beer. Um, but now they're getting into using actual spirits. So we're, we're seeing, you know, a white claw vodka soda, a truly vodka soda, where they're actually, you know, at high noon, high noon has been an, an insane, um, product for us. They, they actually use real spirits in the cans and that's been, that's been huge for us. High noon and, has been, I know when I was at Hampton Beach over the summer, I was at a place I absolutely love called L Street Tavern, and they, their uh, bartenders there would say high noon would outsell everything else by like five to one. Everybody just wanted to drink that. Yeah, it's been crazy. You know, they have the nice, they have a tie-in a, to bar stool, which is, you know, that's usually, that's usually good for a, for a product. So that, that's mm-hmm. been huge. And, you know, we've seen a lot of, uh, a, a lot of, that moving forward, you know, like, uh, like two turn Tony, these influencers on TikTok and Instagram getting deals with some of these spirit based things, you know, that Tony, two turn Tony guy has a, he works with a local company, um, here in New Hampshire, NOCA. And that's their, their, their name came because their stuff is all non-carbonated. They were like a, like a, they started off with like a boozy still water instead of having a seltzer water. It was a flavored alcoholic still water. Now they've grown onto like the teas and the lemonades and so they brought him in and that's been a been a big winner for them too it's and then fun. you also mentioned the the non-out segment and we're moving into that month you know dry january everybody that's become such a hot thing um there's so many non-out brands now like everybody's rolling one out you know we have the heineken zero zero athletic bud zero blue moon is ready to launch theirs um, and then there's hop-based seltzers. We're, we're going you know, to dig into it. We're going to come right back. I'm going to tell you, I want to pick up on this. We're going to go to commercial, come right back more uh, of the city spotlight and talking about all the products that they own out there. Uh, WKXL Radio, you're listening to 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, 1450 AM or nhtalkradio.com. This is a WKXL Spotlight. The city is a business that I've been to a ton of times. I will continue to be at a ton of times more. I love the people that work there. I love the business. They take care of the shop. It's always clean when you go in there, and it's huge and impressive. The Seabrook location and all the other locations that are around the state of New Hampshire, we're lucky enough to have Mike Buett from the city on the phone. Today he's telling us about all the different types of craft beers that are available in city locations. He's talking about how they brewed their own craft beer for sale. And where we left off, just before we hit the commercial there, we were talking about the non-alcoholic, non-alcohol segment of of product that they have out there. So beers are being sold that are the same name except N.A. is on it, so there's no alcohol in those, Mike. They taste pretty similar from what I've been told. Yeah, they they really do, and, and you know you can find it any any beer style you like. It's out there. You know, Athletic does Mexican lagers, something like a Corona. You know, they'll do a they'll do IPAs, they'll do stouts. Uh, Guinness launched their non-alc last uh, this year, and it, that that is I can't I don't you can barely tell the difference. We've had tastings. You know, a lot of these breweries will come do tastings at our stores. Friday Friday you're coming heading home from work four to six. 
most Friday, most Thursdays and Fridays, we have a tasting at, at the Seabrook location, and Guinness Zero has been in, and, and it's it's re- it's it's incredible how close it is. It's funny you mentioned that because I've got another story from Hampton Beach. I was out at a different uh, bar last week, um, Charlie's Tap House location, and I was sitting there having a beer, waiting for my turn to sing karaoke, and somebody brought up the the Sam Adams, um, sorry, the Guinness non-alcohol. And so one of the people that were there said, well, I'm going to try it. And very similar. They liked it. And I said, uh, wow, are people really buying this? And the bartender says, oh, absolutely. We're selling a lot of these now. I had somebody come in the other day and had uh, three or four of these. And I was like, what is happening? Why is somebody? Why would somebody want to have that many of these beers? People like to be out in public and they like the fact that, hey, wait a minute, I can drink these while socializing and I'm not going to get intoxicated. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, I mentioned dry January before, but they they they're they've been the growth has been insane for the entire year. And we see we see people that are, you know, that don't drink anymore drinking these. We see people that drink on the weekends during the week, they're reaching for an NA. We've heard, you know, some of our customers will tell us, you know, I, I can't do um four or six of these big double IPAs you know, in the night. So I'll have one and then I'll drink a couple of athletic non-alks and then I'll have another one, you know? So that's, that's, I think that's, we're seeing like everybody is gravitating towards these NAs now. It's funny. I would not have thought that that's going to be a product line that takes off. But as I learn more, it's, oh yeah, I could even envision myself having one or two that have the alcohol in it early and then saying, well, what am I going to do? I could, I could drink water, but I, why not switch over and have the NA version that uh, you're probably not even going to be able to taste the difference? Yeah, yeah, and we're, we're, we're about to see in January some of the seltzer brands are going for non-alcoholic seltzers, which I thought sounded a little interesting <laughs> at first. You know, Can, we, mean, say it? can we say our true feelings on that? Can't you just put seltzer water in the, ki- in the uh, glass <laughs> and then sprinkle it some like cranberry juice? Isn't that going to be the same thing, Mike? <laughs> You know, I would have thought, but I think that, you know, what you touched on earlier, like these people like to be out, they like to be socializing, like to be holding that white claw can. And if it's a white claw non-alc because they're either not drinking or they're trying to, you know, pace themselves, they're going to buy it. I think that, I think this, this is really, I think it's going to take off. I would tend to agree with you. Interesting. I'm learning, yeah. I'm learning tons of stuff. And uh, I bet people that are listening are probably thinking through these things. You don't ever think about it, even when you're out at a bar. But there's people yeah. out there that have different reasons for why they may or may not want to be having a drink with alcohol in it. And it's nice to know that there are other, are other options out there. Mike, are you able to tell us a little bit more about some of the, the distributors you mentioned earlier that for new craft beer uh, companies or manufacturers, they got to get into New Hampshire through distributors. So those relationships are obviously important to the city because those distributors kind of go to you and say, hey, listen, we're signing up these people. We want to get these products on your shelf. So what are, what are the distributors like to work with? Oh, they're, they're, they're great. You know, and they, there's such a range in size. You know, there's three. I'm speaking specifically down on the seacoast, the ones that I deal with. It's different maybe around the state, but down for us, there's, there's you know, three that have been around a long time, big distributors. And they've changed with the times, too. Their craft portfolios have grown and grown. Um, and now we've seen a couple of newer distributors move in. Vacation Land has come to New Hampshire. They were a, a big distributor for us for at our main store. And they, they opened up a New Hampshire branch. And they brought all these cool beers into the state, like Lawson's. You know, we can get Sip the Sunshine in New Hampshire now. We can get Foam and 
uh, Cantillon, which I never, I, you know, I never thought New Hampshire would, would, would get that. Such a, such a hyped, hot import, and they, they brought it into the state. And then Big Boy, Big Boy Beers, they're another new one. They, they were kind of born during the pandemic. You know, the uh, husband and wife, they got the idea, wanted to have a distributor, and they just jumped in. It's been, it's been great, and they've been bringing a ton of crazy beers in. Like, we've had, you know, great notion from them. They're one of my favorite West Coast uh, breweries, and, and now we can, we can get it right at the city. So when you say uh, a distributor name like Vacation Land, immediately in my mind I think of Maine because right. that's I mean just synonymous with the state, right? Isn't that a state nickname or something like that? I think I see them on the signs as I'm driving ninety five yep. North Vacation Land. So so what happens? That Vacation Land business just gets to a certain point where they're like, well, we're making a bunch of money in Maine. Let's expand into other states. Yeah, I think you know maybe it's maybe it's making a bunch of money. Maybe it's the contacts that they've they've made and the relationships that they've built, they, they can go to these breweries that they represent in Maine and say, you know, we've got this big, this big market in New Hampshire. Let's, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's open a branch in, in New Hampshire. And, and, you know, New Hampshire is great. So we're a, we're a no, no sales tax, no bottle deposit. Um, so I, I think, I think, you know, that list comes out every year. Our per capita alcohol consumption is, is pretty high, but I think it's kind of skewed because we get a lot of shoppers from Massachusetts, a lot from Maine. That's a great point, right? New Hampshire borders the states that have a high tax on alcohol. So people that are buying in bulk and stocking up figure it's worth the drive or certainly it's worth the stop if you're crossing right through the state to uh, stop in and be able to pick up some of that, especially if you're going to be vacationing in New Hampshire in the summertime or even in the winter if you go and ski if it's ever going to snow this uh, <laughs> this winter. We're not getting any snow between now and uh, Christmas is what I've heard, Mike. What what are your thoughts on, on the snowy time of year of winter? I know that's off topic, but... Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love a white Christmas, but that's about <laughs> as much as I like for snow. I mean, uh, give it... Leave it in the ski country. You know, I hope that they get plenty of snow, but I, I like uh, I, I kind of like how this winter's going so far for us down here. Gra- grab your uh, your beers from from the city locations and head on north with them in New Hampshire. Go do your skiing. Now, <laughs> yes. there's other things you can buy at the city, and I think we got time before our next commercial to dive in. The wine. I think the the city location in Seabrook is one of the highest volume of, of sales for wine in the entire state for independently held businesses, I believe. But you guys sell a ton of wine, and a, there's a ton of cigars that are sold out of the city in Seabrook too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I was talking to Brian Brian last night. He he runs the the wine department and the cigars, and and you know pretty much for our whole chain. And he was telling me that the Seabrook location is actually the number one independent wine cellar in the state and all of our locations we have five five more stores in that sell wine in the in new hampshire and we're all of them are in the top 25 which is crazy you know we're it's, it's, it's great um and then like you mentioned cigars that's that's another huge part of our business you know you might might not think that we're a, we're a premium cigar shop if you just drive and buy you see like a tobacco and beverage center but we are we have a 50 50 foot humidor in that seabrook store and it, it's you know beautiful um everything that you could want from, you know, we've got value bundles, like the factory throwout brands, they call them all the way up to, you know, the premiums, like, you know, Arturo Fuente, Perdomo, Rocky Patel, you know, Brian, Brian's got it all. Yeah. Brian's the man when it comes to the cigars, you go into the city location in Seabrook and hey, is Brian here? He could tell you 
what cigars and he loves to talk to the people about it. it's like well what are you looking oh, for yeah. like, like he knows i have no idea i'm like what am i looking for one yeah. that's not going to make me cough a ton i don't know right. and one that's not going to be ultra expensive but so brian can get you something that's like you said cheap like a three pack or something like yeah. this or he can get you something that oh you tell him i'm going to visit a friend who really loves cigars what would yep. i be able to give that person that would be like an impressive gift and brian will say oh hey they'll like this one <laughs> oh yeah he, he's a great resource for, for that you know when i'm in that store if I, you know i pop around all locations when i'm in that store and a customer grabs me and has a cigar question i i i, I can i can help him a little bit but if it's anything <laughs> more advanced i go find brian and, and uh and yeah he's and everybody leaves happy you know well, we pump it up Brian's name on the show today a little bit because in in segment four of this episode, we're going to talk about Brian and my time as the prize guys where we give away prizes and gifts to customers of the city and uh, folks in the community. Mike, I'm so glad you're able to be coming on here. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back with the last piece of this spotlight edition at WKXL. You're listening on 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. Maybe you're on 1450 AM. You can always catch us live or download things on demand, nhtalkradio.com. We are going to be right back. WKXL. This is a spotlight edition. I'm I'm so thrilled to be able to do these spotlight editions. It's a new show here on the radio station where we profile local businesses, organizations, individuals that are doing great things out in the community, bringing great products to their customer base, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We have the city being profiled today. Mike Buett is with us, and I want to open up this piece of the program with letting everyone know this uh, past summer the city gave away two tickets to a Taylor Swift concert. I know those were the hot, hot items when Taylor Swift was at Gillette Stadium this summer, Mike, and you were at the center of, of the whole uh, your prize giveaway, were you not? Yeah, yeah, that was a really, really fun promo. Um, Rich, our, our our owner, came up with it, and you know, one day we we're we we're sitting in the office, and he said, uh, "Like, I, you know what I think would would, would really uh, resonate <laughs> with people this summer?" He's like, "Let's let's send let's send a couple people to the Taylor Swift show." And I said, "Are you serious?" They say, "Yeah, let's like, let's get some tickets. We're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna turn it into a month long kind of like celebration contest." And and it was it was a blast. You know, we. we 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 grew our our social media audience so so much from that. You, you know how the, the the Swifties are. It was it was crazy. Like people are people were you know following us in droves, and and we made it really fun. You know there were, there was an online aspect to entering the contest, an in person aspect. We we got Taylor Swift um, life size cardboard cutouts at every location. If you went and took a selfie and hashtagged it. Uh, the city Swifties that could be entered, and we ended up giving away a pair of, I think it was fifth row tickets, and it fifth was row. it was great. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, big time. I know that that was a fun prize to be pulling the day that that we did it. Now we mentioned Brian's name, who quarterbacks the cigar 
and wine selection over at the city location in Seabrook. Brian, as I mentioned, is a fellow prize guy of mine. We gave ourselves the name Prize Guys, I, I think, Mike. I'm not sure if you <laughs> I came. Am so. I stealing your thunder? Who came up with No, that? I think it was you guys, yeah. All right, so essentially the Prize Guys was born back a few years ago during the COVID epidemic when a lot of businesses were shut down and a lot of people were spending almost the entirety of their lives at home. And Rich Regazio kind of came up with an idea, or was that idea yours too, Mike? <laughs> no, this was his. This was his too. He was another another one. He was just like, let's 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 do something crazy. I want to, uh, you, you know, just pull people together, support some businesses that might be hurt by the pandemic. Because you know, honest, like honestly, our our business was was great. It was booming during the pandemic because people couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't go to the bars. They could come buy beer from us and stay home. That was about it. So Rich got the idea. So let's do a virtual concert. He's a big um, '80s guy, you know. He want, he found a band that was a uh, I think they're a Journey cover band. Don't we, stop believing. <laughs> That's them, yeah. And uh, yeah, we 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 approached Wally's, another bar down in Hampton Beach, and asked, uh, you know, if this is something they'd be into. Maybe we go in and film a concert in an empty room and uh, broadcast it online. And they said, let's do it. And so. The city Palooza was born, and we—that was another one. It was about a, a month lead up, where we gave away just just tens of thousands of dollars of gift cards. We we hooked up essential workers, healthcare workers, uh, regular customers, and we gave away a Harley. And Rich went down. We we picked up a Harley Davidson, and we parked it in the middle of of Wally's, and this band played behind it and we gave it away and that was it was you and brian that you guys we, we we got you guys in tuxedos and the prize guys were born it was two hours of fun and i'm just going to set the stage for people a little bit more here the city has 11 locations throughout new hampshire and, and the one in maine roughly 100 employees i believe work for the company mike i'm going to ask you to talk a little bit about them in a minute i know it's a great yeah. place to work a lot of people you've had working there have been there long term you guys during the pandemic were doing well, stayed open. There were tons of people coming in and they were buying alcohol and cigars, beer, yeah. wine, etc. And so we're doing great. There's actually an uptick in business when there's lots of other businesses and people out there that are hurting and we want to do something to give back. So Brian and I get tuxedos. We go in front of the camera. We'd never really done stuff like that before. And we put on a two-hour show that comprised of us just saying, all right, we're going to give away this prize to such and such person, such and such person. And it added up at the end that, or ended up with us raffling off or giving off the Harley to a customer of the city. Everything was given away for free. There were no, I said raffle. There was no raffle tickets that cost any money. Everything was just given away to say thank you to the customers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was uh, it was it was really it was really cool to be a part of that. And we continue the tradition that was born with the Prize Guys celebration there by every month, couple of months since then, Mike. Maybe not that often, 
but at least three, four, five times a year, we've been giving away other prizes. So we do a live stream where Brian and I reach into brown paper bags and pull out, pull out the name of an entry, uh, of which sometimes there's 15, sometimes there's hundreds, and say, okay, this prize is being won by such and such a person. And we give away awesome types of products and, and, and prizes to people. I know you know, you could summarize what people have gotten through, through the city. Yeah, absolutely. And I think those first couple of years, you're right. We were pretty much every month, you know, we do a monthly, monthly live stream and, you know, we're not giving away little prizes. We're giving away, you know, Yeti coolers and solo stoves and mini fridges and, you know, autographed, uh, autographed items. I, I think we, we did a, a Gronk jersey one year. I know with, with one of Brian's uh, wine companies, um, we gave away a CM Martin guitar signed by Sting. And and that turned into such to a big fun promo. We had a we 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 booked a radio interview with his winemaker, and you know it was a, that was that was a great one. Um, and I think one year around Christmas we we set up a fireside chat with the with the prize guys. I, I spent uh, an, an afternoon building a cardboard uh, fireplace, and we sat you guys on either side, and we had a prize elf delivering you guys prizes. That was that was a highlight for me. It looks so good. It's so funny to see the live streams going on where we're giving out prizes and people are watching the live streams kind of hoping that they're going to be the one who wins the prizes and then making comments about us. And hey, congratulations to Susie or whoever won that prize. It's a little bit of a community feeling. And I, I, I do get that vibe from the city, whether it's from the, you know, the people that are in there shopping on a regular basis and from the people that work there, Michael. Whenever I go into any of the locations, the people, are, hey, how's it going, Jim? I go by Slim on the radio, but my real life, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Jim. And hey, how's it going, Mac? And and it just seems like that'd be a pretty decent place. It has been a decent place to work for folks for years and years because of, I mean, kind of the spirit that flows down from Rich of like, hey, let's try to do things for people that are working hard. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, we've like, I think you mentioned before, you know, we, we probably – have uh, roughly 100 employees between, you know, I think we have uh, seven locations that do beer and wine, and we have four uh, vape and glass shops. And um, we don't, there's, it's, it's, it's really surprising, like, how many people stick around. You know, I, I, I think in this industry, in convenience stores, beer stores, you see a lot of turnover, but we've got a lot of people that have been here a long time. Like I said, I think, I think I'm just about to hit uh, 10 years back here with Rich, so. For all the employees that work there, how many of them like to talk um, or, or call into sports talk radio shows? I wonder if any of you want to come on the sports machine with Slim sometime. I think quite a few of us. We have a we have a pretty um, competitive uh, group of employees here that that love any kind of fantasy football. You know, fantasy fantasy baseball leagues. We have a we have a city cup. You know, fantasy hockey. So I think I think you can get quite a few people that would be interested in talking to you about sports. Do you think our listening audience would be interested in hearing about the fantasy football league success <laughs> that's run by the city? Oh man, I don't know. I would love to talk about it. I think we could fill a six-hour show about that. <laughs> Everyone but, loves yeah. to talk fantasy football. I don't know if yeah. they want to hear about other person's leagues, but I think they might because everybody right. that loves sports is into it. So you have just given me an idea for a segment on uh, my show. I appreciate that, Mike. I, I definitely appreciate you coming on and spending this time with us to just tell people about the business and the fact that it's a cool place to shop at, the city locations in Seabrook, Mike mentioned Rochester, Plastow. Is there anything else you want to kind of summarize or let people know about as we wrap up things today? I don't know. I think we've, I think we've really covered it all. You know, it's been, uh, it's been, it's been a lot of fun 
being here with you uh, today, Mac, and talking about the city. Parker McCollum was at your Seabrook oh, location yeah. one time recently, right? Like That's just right. signing free autographs. Yeah, yeah. He he's another one. You know, like I said, these RTD companies, these ready drink cocktails, love you know celebrity endorsements. He. I think he signed on with um, Loud Lemon. It's a vodka lemonade, and they they approached us and they said, "Hey, you know, let's, we're going to have him come to a concert in Seabrook. Why don't we?" Um, I think he was at Bernie's actually, and he said, "Why, why don't we get him into the city, sign some autographs?" And we had we had a line wrapped around the building. It was it was it was really it was really cool to see. And I think we're you know we're hoping to do a few more things like that uh, this year, especially with all these you know celebrities and musicians and influencers getting involved. In these companies, I think uh, I think we'll have a few more opportunities coming up next year. Well, let's make sure that we put some stuff out on the social media airwaves, Mike. I'm going to make sure we we email you the link to, for this show and allow your customers to be able to find some more info about the city and new listeners to be able to find you folks online so they can follow you at Facebook um, and other social media sites. Thanks again to Mike Buett. This has been a WKXL Spotlight on the City. You've been listening on 103.9 FM in Concord or 101.9 FM in Manchester, possibly 1450 AM, or on demand or live here, nhtalkradio.com. This is WKXL. Stay tuned for some more cool stuff.